Hey, history lovers, I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. Jeff Bezos, the man who owns the newspaper that produces this podcast, recently alleged that the National Enquirer was blackmailing him with some racy photos. Good evening, everyone. As we come on the air in the West, there is breaking news tonight. A stunner from the richest man in the world, Amazon's Jeff Bezos. He's dropping a bombshell against the National Enquirer tonight, accusing its parent company of trying to blackmail him with alleged nude photos. This tawdry episode has activated the irony radars of historians of early America. It, it is a terrific irony, without a shadow of a doubt, of uh, many journalists practiced systematic blackmail, uh, not only in order to supplement their incomes, but in some cases even to fund their newspapers. That's Leon Jackson of the University of South Carolina. Jackson studies the history of books and authorship, which sounds like a job I'd love to apply for. As part of his research, Jackson has spent a not insignificant part of his career tracing blackmail in 19th century newspapers. Back then, publications both reputable and scandalous routinely extorted society figures caught in compromising circumstances, though typically not for sharing nude selfies. While Bezos alleges the Inquirer blackmailed him through back-channel communications via lawyers, Jackson says the older, original form of journalistic blackmail was far more brazen. Newspapers did the blackmailing in the paper, sometimes right on the front page. Jackson discovered numerous examples of the practice, including an episode from the Boston Herald in 1848 that is emblematic of how sinister newspaper editors could be with embarrassing information. A rich piece of scandal has reached our ears, wrote Herald editor Joseph Snelling. He was referring to a scandal that, as he put it, concerned a young woman from Summer Street and a merchant from Milk Street discovered in rather an equivocal situation by the woman's mother. We shall, the editor went on, notwithstanding the tears of the lovely creature and the earnest implorance of the gentlemen, write the history of their amorous affection for each other and expose their wicked acts to the gaze of a covetous world if we think justice demands it at our hands. A few days went by. No story. Then, a warning. We shall make up our mind what to do today, Snelling wrote. The story never ran. Someone paid up. Jackson says editors and publishers used crafty methods to avoid being exposed and prosecuted. In some cases, they'd force people like the philandering merchant to buy ads or subscribe at extraordinarily high rates. Other times, they'd just straight up ask for cash, especially in the case of the New York Herald, edited by James Gordon Bennett. Jackson turned up an example of a ship captain Bennett had been attacking in his paper. One day, the captain was delivered a copy of the paper with a note written in the margin. Send $20 and it shall be stopped. In Jackson's view, a confluence of circumstances brought blackmail to newspapers, starting with a Protestant reform movement 
that led to evangelical do-gooders, as he put it, trying to expose brothel owners and patrons by essentially spying on these establishments. Here's Jackson again. The journalists very quickly caught on to this uh, strategy and started to exploit it themselves. This really was a, a period of just heightened and sustained exploitative surveillance of one's neighbors. Gossip that didn't used to make it past the town water well was now disseminated not just in local newspapers, but in papers across the country that reprinted juicy news items. Like Bezos, eventually those with the means to do so fought back, such as P.T. Barnum. Being a prominent businessman and showman made Barnum a frequent target of blackmail. But eventually, Barnum had enough. Jackson says Barnum would actually publish the blackmail letters he received. He tried to uh, neutralize his extorters simply by doubling down on the publicity it would afford him and by getting ahead of the narrative. For some reason, that sounds vaguely familiar. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.